0: Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today on the show, we're talking about the outdoor industry's favorite topic, outdoor retailer. With a very special guest who wasn't too pleased with my dismissive tone regarding the show in an episode of The Rock Fight from last week. Before we get to that, folks, it is a new November. So before November 17th, head to Geartrade.com, shop your little heart out, and at checkout, enter the promo code NOVEMBER20 to get an extra 20% off of select Geartrade items. And then click on the Sell Your Gear tab to learn about how to make money on the outdoor gear and apparel you're not using. Check it all out at Geartrade.com. All right, let's start the show. So if you go back and listen to last Monday's episode of The Rock Fight, included in the title of that episode was the clickbaity phrase, Outdoor Retailers, Tiny Winter Market. And in both the title of that episode and in the episode itself, I fired off a few rocks at Outdoor Retailer. Yeah, OR, the most talked about topic in the history of the outdoor industry. If you've been within even a few inches of the outdoor industry, you have an opinion about Outdoor Retailer. And my most recent opinion that I offered on last week's episode was that OR was effectively dead. That the recently released 4 plan was, let's just say, on the small side and showed me that people are not coming back to the show in a meaningful way and out of respect, I was going to save any future opinions about the show for when there was something new worth talking about. And the very next day, I got a call looking to see if I'd like to chat with new OR show director Sean Smith here on The Rock Fight. So, yeah, that qualifies as something new worth talking about. Regardless of your own opinion on Outdoor Retailer, the bottom line is that the show is important to the history of the outdoor industry and those of us who spent a good portion of our careers cavorting through the halls of the Salt Palace during the day and closing down the port of call at night, each carry an idea about what OR is or should be and recent efforts to please everyone have led to the show becoming less and less relevant. Hence my comment last week and also why I was eager to welcome Sean onto the Rock Fight to see what the guy who was brought in to shape the direction of OR just this past June had to say about what the show was planning to do in order to turn it around. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with the show director of Outdoor Retailer, Sean Smith.
1: Well, longtime time Rock Fight listeners will know I've taken some shots at Outdoor Retailer in the past, most recently just last week, when I said that I'm calling the ball on the show. Well, that episode actually got the attention of today's guest because the show director of Outdoor Retailer, Sean Smith, is here, and I presume he's ready to return fire. So, But this is exactly why this show exists, to dig into those topics that we all love about the outdoors and the outdoor industry. And honestly, I, you know, if I, in my circle of friends anyway, anything that's happening at outdoor retailer is going to eternally be a top three subject for sure because everybody's got an opinion about it. So Sean Smith,
2: welcome to the show. Oh, Colin, thanks so much. Good to be here. I do want to start with, I got to take my hat off to you. I love the fact that you've got a show where you don't mind having people come on that you, quote unquote, threw rocks at. And I, I don't I actually <laughs> feel like you threw rocks. I feel like you spoke your heart. Obviously, you care about this industry. But the fact that you're willing to have not just me on, but it's it's your practice is this sh- podcast is all about getting people on here to be able to have a rebuttal and, and give their two cents worth. And we need a little bit more of that in the world. I, the outdoor industry could use a bit more of it. Just open conversation and dialogue. So tip of the hat to you. Appreciate this.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that, man. I don't know. I kind of, you know, my more cynical side sort of, you know, Looks at the outdoor media and say, "Well, you're all in the pocket of the brand, so that's why nobody says anything controversial because you don't want to lose those ad dollars." Because my experience when I go out with friends, maybe we're not actually outdoor retailers. A topic we probably talk about quite a bit. If it's like if it's other industry friends and we're out like biking or even just hanging out or whatever, it's like, "Hey, did you go to the show? What'd you think?" Yeah, they did this. Well, it wasn't like this. I mean, that and that's gone on, you know, for going on two decades Uh since I started going to the show. So. Uh, I think that's just the way it is. And it's uh, let's, let's, have, let's just do, make it do it a little bit more openly, I guess, is kind
2: of the mantra of this show. I love it. Well, hopefully you'll have me back after we're done. I don't throw enough rocks back at you that you're <laughs> done with me. Well, to kind of dig into why we get the chat today, so I,
1: I do believe this, and I mean this earnestly, I think you're probably sitting in the toughest seat that exists in the outdoor industry. Because everyone, kind of like I said at the beginning, everyone has a different opinion of what outdoor, outdoor retailer is, has been, or should be. So I know you've only been in the job for a few months, uh, but I think this is probably the best time to really talk to you, as as it's kind of new and fresh. Maybe as an observer from the outside, and now you're on the inside. So, as you just sit here today, we're only a couple of weeks out from the next iteration of the show. What do you think outdoor retailer is, or even should be?
2: So what it is? That's a great question and a good leading question. So first off, addressing the hardest job. I knew when I, I took on this role, it was, it was going to be a challenge. First off, I love good challenge, never back down from a, a good challenge. That's number one. Number two is I absolutely love the outdoor industry, believe in it. I, I believe how I cannot begin to stress how important outdoor recreation is. For the, it was proven during COVID mental health, physical health. The health of our planet is, is getting out there and enjoying nature. You want people to worry about climate change and sustainability, get outside, go do stuff outside. And if you're not convinced, then you don't belong here. That's, it's as simple as that. And having spent time running a trade association, the idea of an industry working together and being stronger together than they are trying to outdo one another is a, a foundational point I will live with the rest of my life. That, especially in the outdoor industry, has got to be the case that we're trying to work together. So what is outdoor retailer? Or what should it be? Really at the end of the day, and I'm going to probably say this throughout the show in many different points, but at the end of the day, a trade show is about bringing brands and retailers together, period. That, like, that's the foundational part. We haven't been able to do a great job of that. And there's a million different reasons why, but there's no sense in going into them because all they are is either excuses or just situations that we, we faced. At the end of the day, what are we doing about bringing brands and retailers together? And the fact of the matter is, if the retailers come, the brands will be there. It's a chicken and egg thing. Every trade show plays it. Which do you focus on first, the brands or the retailers? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what the show needs to be is brands and retailers coming together. And, but regional and rep shows do that as well they're great love them they all exist for a reason i don't want to see any of them go away i really truly mean that and do they all play an important role but at the end of the day outdoor retailer needs to be and should be and i believe will be the national show which is what it once was in some people's minds which i believe it still is today it just needs some clearer identification. It needs to have that defining point, needs to be seen by showing up and going, oh, okay, now I get it again. What does that mean? Say national show, what's the difference? As an example, if you're a new CEO at a company, and there's several of them out there in our own industry with new CEOs, when have they spent three days interacting face-to-face with key accounts, independent retailers, especially, They don't go to the rep shows because it's not where they need to be they need to be running strategy back in the office it's at a national show so if you're a big brand and the show is not a place where you're going to be doing pre-lining and pre-booking fine get that but you're there as a leadership position you're there to spend time face to face with retailers and it's not just on the show floor. the times after the show at the hotel bar out at company dinners. That's where so much business is really done, but that doesn't happen unless you're at the show in the first place. The second part of it is those small to medium-sized brands. I'll confess that's where my heart is. I love entrepreneurial <laughs> business, love it. I love the innovators. I love the risk takers, people who will go and tuck themselves in their garage and print t-shirts or come up with the newest innovation for the outdoor industry to make it better for everybody that's what outdoor retailer has always been about that's our key focus is going to be what's new what's innovative giving those new brands an opportunity to make it in where would we be if some if if cotopaxi didn't have a place many years ago when they started out or kavu or some of these really cool brands that have, have seen growth because they kept coming to the show and they get bigger and bigger so i think that's what it what it should be and that's what i think we we're going to get back to
1: So I I think it's great. I I love that you number one have a have a clear vision for it. And if it's I was I that's a question I've had is it's like you know what do you want to be because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel from my perspective right now that you I say you I shouldn't be saying you that the show knows and right and (laughs) right so or that Emerald has known and I understand why but also to your point about it being for brands and retailers to get together i mean i would argue that it hasn't been that way for a very long time i mean even when i started going to the show in the mid 2000s it felt just like a marketing show right i remember i remember people especially i was living on the east coast and east coast retailers coming in cuz they wanted to be there but also cuz they kind of felt like they had to be there and then as i was managing a couple of small brands uh, pro and nutrition brands pro bar and goo energy labs in like the 2010 to 13 range I remember being like, okay, number one, I had to justify our reasons going to the to the, my boss because it was not cheap, and my whole thing is like, look, we're gonna show up. Brand presence is important, and I'm gonna run the most killer program. I'm gonna come home with reams of paper, and he's like, all right, let's go. So, and in either case, was I able to do it? <laughs> and I had a killer sales team. I mean, I I will hang my hat on the the team. It's one of my favorite things I've ever accomplished in my sales career. With, with the brand, with the rep groups I put together. And we got like six orders. Retailers who would come did not want to write. They wanted to see the show. And it just kind of always became this thing, even back then, even well before Bears Ears and COVID and everything else, it became this conversation, especially after that, and especially when I got to PolarTech later in my career of, do we need to go to outdoor retailer? We all like to go. We know that showing up, there's a, there's a level of make sure that we're seen because everybody's there. And, you know, I've talked to people with brands, especially when I was working at Polar Tech and other things. It kind of felt like those conversations were happening. And that's why we said before we started recording about, you know, the Bears Ears thing, you know, heart in the right place. Uh, You know, like you said, nobody shut down their retail stores in Utah. But, you know, that that was to me, it's like, well, you would have done that if you cared. And also you haven't you've been looking for a reason to not go to outdoor retailer for
0: years.
2: That's right. I agree with that.
1: Right. And so between that and COVID, then I think yeah, a lot of brands are like, hey, man, we're not really losing business because we're not going to OR. So let's why would we go back? And then on the retail side, you know, it's a it, that becomes a, a more complicated topic that I want to get into as well. But so anyway, I think it is, you know, the show obviously started as an industry show, a business show. People were writing orders and that really pretty quickly became then more of a like, you got to show up. The gathering, of the tribe took over. So is that, I mean, are you up against it by saying we want to kind of get back to that trade event by knowing that that's kind of been the history for the last couple of decades?
2: I do. And I think I still think it's a foundational point. Now, now don't get me wrong. Not everybody is going to do commerce at the show. Not everybody is going to set up six rep sit there pre-line, take orders, enter it into Elastic Suite or whatever they're doing and getting their orders and going home. But at the end of the day, there are small, medium-sized brands that live and die by that. You know, a brand like Jetty started kind of in surf, East Coast, became a bit more nationally known, especially in surf uh, on the West Coast. And then outdoor really has boomed for them as well. They come because, as Corey would tell me all the time, I'm going to keep coming here as long as I'm opening new doors. So clearly, people are opening doors there. So size will determine the true amount of commerce you're doing. All right. So... Outside of that, then you say, great, you've written out big brands. Why do we need to, why do the big brands need to be there? And I do believe a lot of them did use COVID and other things. COVID actually did cause people to take a stop and say, where am I putting my money? Do I need, do I need to do that? No question, because prior to COVID, everybody was saying e-commerce is the way it's going. Brick and mortar is probably going to die. Fact of the matter is the second COVID was open over, everybody wanted to go out and shop. Where do they want to go? Into brick and mortar stores think we're going to deal with the same with trade shows, which is, oh, well, let's just back off trade shows because we don't need them. Same thing with trade associations. They're all hurting. Members have, have said, do I need to put my money there? Fact fact, the matter is that the answer is yes, you do. And you're going to realize it. It's just a matter of how quickly you realize it. So what, what does a brand do if they're not setting up bays and they're not? Well, first off, I would say you don't need a 4,000 square foot booth. You you never did. But look, Let's be be honest. I I worked at some brands where we had that booth. Two (laughs) stories, bells and whistles. You got a Ferris wheel going. I mean, do do you really need that? And and so, but that's where people back themselves into a corner and said, well, once I do that, if I shrink, people are going to assume the brand's not doing well. Where'd the Ferris wheel go? There's only four clowns instead of 12. And you got- By by the way, sorry to interrupt
1: you, but this this is exactly why I said you have the toughest job, right? Because the same people who are saying the things that I said- (laughs) Would then be like, well, did you did you see the north face is like right. five feet smaller? They must be. It's like, you know what I mean? Like there's, you can't win.
2: The, so. And that's exactly the problem. So one of the things we're going to do next year in 2024 is we're booth capping. 2,000 square feet. That's it. And the reason behind that is we don't want you spending more money. than You don't need to. We, if you want to do 2,000 square feet, we'll take it all day long. But anything bigger than that, it just becomes a pissing match over who can do the biggest booth. Here's a great example. Uh, Patagonia goes to ISPO, they're not doing trade shows, or I don't, need to, I don't need to take orders when I'm there, and they didn't. What did they do? They took their uh, their Airstream trailer, and they set up, and they did some refurbishing of coats Come by right, the,
1: the worn wear bit, but yeah.
2: What, what was the point of that? The point of that was well executed and well done. This is who we are as a brand. You have, as a brand, an opportunity to get in front of a bunch of independent retailers that do want to come and see what's going on. They want to see what the people at the booth are wearing. Are they cuffing their pants anymore or are they not cuffing their pants? Are we skinny this year or are we baggy this year? Are we earth tones or did we go crazy and we're doing big, bright colors like coat well, Hold on.
1: This is the outdoor industry. It's all plaid shirts. Okay? No, oh, but that's
2: why. <laughs> I, I, there is a move towards some fashion. There's some fashion no, coming No, there absolutely, into this. Is. And, there but, absolutely but, is. but but but. Would you miss that? Wouldn't you assume it's all you know, flannels? Of course. You would have puppy jacket, right?
1: plaid shirts. That's all it is. Absolutely, all
2: right. it is. But the fact of the matter is, the the smart, really good retailers come to take it all in. It's not just about walking the booth. It's not just about saying hi to people. It's also taking in. The industry exists. It's a breathing, living organism. And you see it live, but you have to see all of it. The head, the arms, the fingers, the toes. You need all of that so you can take that all in. Where does Loa fit within this piece? Where does Black Diamond fit within it? What's their look? Are they missing on the color scheme? You have to present yourself to, especially to independent retailers that do not have the opportunity, that the big chains have to know what the key trends are, to subscribe to everything, to go to conferences. The independent retailer relies on a national show to see the overall vibe, energy and attitude color scheme, all of that. And it's important. So you have an opportunity to get out in front of everybody in a booth, do something unique, launch one product. Don't show it, come in, be smart. I'm going to launch launch one product. What happened to bringing ambassadors and athletes to the show and actually thrilling a, an independent retailer by bringing your best climber, your, your best Kayak or somebody to come in and say, "Oh my gosh, I got to meet so and so. The show they were awesome. I love this brand." Uh, we've we've fallen down on the job on that a little bit, in my opinion, too.
1: You said it was kind of a chicken or the egg. You know, you go brand retailer first. I I do think it's kind of the answer is yes. It's all of it, right? And I think the, <laughs> but the, on the brand side, look, and and I've lamented this a lot on the show, and I will continue to pick into this. You know, we have, you know, I when I I talk a lot about this show. Modeling a little bit more out of like a pop culture or sports podcast. And uh, and the challenge and the big difference is, is that, well, in those categories, you have athletes and celebrities and things to talk about. Well, the celebrities in our space are the brands. Right, people yeah. care what brands think. Great. Too 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 much. Too, by the way, people listening, you care too much about the brands, <laughs> but it's it's true, right? It's like, oh, you. Got, I mean, I could, especially when I was working at Polar Tech, and I'd go to big flashy brands, and people were like, you got to go there. I'm like, yeah, it was a building with people working in it, man. Relax, <laughs> you know. Like so, um, on the on so, attracting a certain level that there's a heft that comes if you get them to show up at the show. Now, on because on the and I think that's important because. On the retailer front, this is where I think it's a little bit more of a challenge because have you heard of OMA? Yeah, the outdoor course. market. Alliance. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, I know some of the folks there have talked about what they're doing, and I find that really, really interesting because kind of what you're describing is a bit of a throwback. But it's like, then how do we make the throwback work to kind of create that like, hey, there's there's real reasons to come here for just just showing up matters, and you're going to see and learn things beyond just the binary, you know, the, the writing of actual orders. But what OMA is doing, and for maybe people who don't listening, it's the Outdoor Market Alliance. It's a, um, a bunch of different rep groups in Colorado, in the Rocky Mountain states, who have established a showroom in Denver. And it basically made a permanent place for retailers to come and see all, I think it's like 280 different brands that they all represent. And the reason it's working, from my point of view, is because retailers... It's a vastly different landscape than, than it was, you know, even five years ago, even right before COVID. Because if you're a retailer, you know, number one, it's easier to do my job, right? I can buy, I can just email my rep. I can do all sorts of things online. I can, there's a lot of different things that I can do to kind of keep things on my shelf. I can stay, I have more opportunities to stay in my store, which, and I'm talking specialty retailers. We'll sure. get into the big box guys in a minute. But the, as I'm looking at how I want to operate my business, I want to make it as easier as possible. So if I'm a and even if I'm a small brand, either one small brand or a specialty retailer, you know, if you say to me, hey, for thirty, for 30 days you can work with somebody, pay a few hundred bucks for some promotion to kind of grow your brand or or grow your retail organization and you get to work in your in your store and think you have some advertising working for you versus get on a plane to Salt Lake City, stay in a hotel, you know, all thousands of dollars of expense, take yourself out of the store for two to four days. I think I know where I'd probably want to put my money. So it's kind of a long way to say. And you're giving now more trade opportunities through groups like OMA, who are bypassing the WWSRAs of the world and saying, "No, you're not." Even the regional people, you're not doing it right. You're not answering the needs of what our retailers want. So I guess a long way to kind of get to in that world. How do you? How would you even allure the retailers back to the show without the big kind of celebrity brands?
2: Absolutely. Great question. Great question. And I do believe- Got there.
1: I, finally, I made my way there. No, it was a long, but that, it was a long but way. That's it, but that's
2: great. But it's important to frame these questions sometimes too. It's easy just to ask a question, but to frame the context and where you're going with that, I think is really important. And I think you did a great job of that. And Steve Copeland over at OMA was one of the first guys I spoke to when I, when I started the job in June. Every person I've spoken to so far has said, hey, we, we need OR to get back. To where it was it needs to we need a national show whatever that looks like and it's changed it, it's we're never going to be 300 square feet again with with the full circus in town or we could it may take a long time but i think we'd have to ask ourselves really what are we accomplishing by doing that so the idea is we have to get past that like oh it's not what it once was nothing since COVID is what it once was a lot of retailers shut down we we have to remember not everybody boomed during covid where some retailers lost their 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 livelihood their, their stores are gone
1: well They're, and then oh, and the outdoors the boom is
2: very over oh 100
1: <laughs> we, we, every we, other sgb article is so and so is declining that's right, right. So, we've
2: got and we've got a lot of inventory we've got so look at the end of the day not everything is 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 unicorns and rainbows and we have to sometimes step back and realize why are we still talking about where we once were we need to talk about where we are now, because we do have an industry right. that needs to figure out inventory, needs to be putting new product in front of people, needs to be giving people, again, most importantly, a reason to be going out and buying new equipment, new things, new apparel, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, getting the retailers there, back to you because I'll go on all day, I, I'll go down a rabbit trail as well. Getting retailers there, we are changing our, our MO with, with retailers starting with our summer 2024 show in June. We are moving to a hosted buyer format. Now, let me explain what that means. That means you explained every reason. This is exactly why we're doing this. Travel right now in this country sucks. It is awful. Nobody wants to be stuffed in a metal tube and thrown across the air without, you know, it's awful. There's delays, there's this, that, and the other thing. It's expensive. The whole process has become troublesome. Retailers, especially the independents, are struggling to find good people to work the doors. It gets hard to get out. Everything you brought up is a great reason why I applaud what OMA, OMA OMA is doing. Great job. Needs to be there. Thankful that we have it. The way we're going to get retailers there is to, we will supplement them. We're going to help offset your costs. So you have open to buy. You have a certain number of doors. We'll go as far as your airfare and your hotel. You've got smaller open to buy. You're a brand new retailer. Hey, we'll cover your, your hotel. And as you move up, we'll move you up into that VIP level. However, that is go, we've got a plan for it. But we're going to invest a lot of money, a lot of money. That is the investment in the show. So the answer to the chicken and the egg problem is retailers, we're going to remove the, the, the barrier for entry for you, which is that. And they're going to say, like, I'm sure your next question is, yeah, that sounds great. But they're going to say, who is going to be there? Because that's going to determine whether I even want your money or not. I want, like, I want free, to come could... see the
1: 15 mosquito
2: repellent guys. <laughs> <laughs> but And the lighter company and the teeth whitening in the corner. So no, the, the idea is going to be that by, once you say yes, it will allow us to go get those brands. Who's going to argue if we say, hey, look, we've got 1000 1,200 of the best retailers coming and qualified and booked because we're we're paying their way, uh, it, it's going to be easier to win them over. So new brands, we have anchor brands that have already indicated they want back. They're they're afraid of breaking the boycott blockade, being the first ones to do it. There's a bunch that want to be back in. We've already started selling for, but, for 2024. So getting those retailers. Said, so, yeah, go for it. Are they
1: really, because I kind of feel like, and I, and maybe I'm jaded, and I worked too long with some of these brands and in the industry. If they felt like it would affect their bottom line positively, they would have rushed back to Utah with you guys. No, a- I, I believe that with a heartbeat. Like these guys are so. They, I mean, we talked about it earlier. It's money. I mean, it's if they say if, if it's like, hey, coming out to a retailer, the booth pays for itself, and it's going to add a bump to our revenue, they would have found some easy way to. to Say, oh well, it's fine now. But it, but it has B- to... Biden's in office and they rolled it back, so we're all good. Yeah. You know, like I think they would have said something like that.
2: But we, we weren't there. We won't be, in, until twenty twenty four. I mean, look at the winter show. This is what started this whole conversation. You saw the floor plan and went, oh my gosh, it's not even a wrap show, yeah, dude. It's for it, it's rough. It, it's forty thousand square. No, and I'll call it what it is. <laughs> Let let's let's get that elephant out of the room and let's let's move into that yeah. question. Correct, I think... We
1: probably should have started there. That's a good. No,
2: point. no, it's great. So we're at forty thousand square feet. The context of that is really important, though. We've already held two shows. We held two shows that did relatively well. Not great. I mean, by, by all accounts, like what do you consider great? Summer was good. We, we got some great feedback. There was some energy and momentum. The winter show is definitely small. It's 40,000 square feet. We're not going to hide behind anything. We're not going to try and play it up to be anything, anything but what it is. But we've got 1,600 retailers that are signed up to be there and that are going to be there because – November is an important buying time. So the reason it's so small is we had, we had already told the industry, we're doing a snow show in January, we're doing June. And then we came out and said, wait a minute, we're going to shift our dates and go June and November. But the only way for us to get that November date at Salt Palace, they were like, you got to take it starting this year. I can't like now or you don't get it. So we said, we're going to do it and we're going to bring out whatever we can. 130 of the brands on the floor, whether you like this or not, it doesn't matter. I think it's a selling point are new, they're new exhibitors. They are brands that are anxious to get out there and be seen. So you want discovery, which is what all the retailers tell us, show me something new. I see all the same thing. With this is the place to see something new. Again, yes, it'll be 40,000 square feet. It is gonna be like an upstart, but it's only because there was nobody budgeted for this. They budgeted in 2022 for 2023 to do two shows, maybe one, depending on your brand. So we throw a third show at them and they're like, I, I'd love to. I don't have budget. And not everybody said I'd love to, but it's what we hope they say is I'd love to, but I don't have the budget. So that being said, we know we've got a smaller show. And so we have said we're going to be content with that because we're going to go all in in 2024 with Hosted Buyer. And so are there brands, back to your questions, I'm not trying to avoid it. I promise I'm getting to it. Are there brands that truly feel like they would break that that, M, that boycott and be the 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 ones to come back and be a brand. I honestly do, and and I we promised we wouldn't share some of these people who have actually said that because I don't want to go on record for that. No, I, I understand. That. Do that. You don't want to out
1: them here. I got. But that. at the
2: end of the day, the reason they're they're not is that boycott did mean something. Sustainability in this industry is 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 you know such a foundational point of this industry, and so nobody wants to be seen at that. But honestly, at the end of the day, what you said is spot on is they had not been given a good financial reason of why they should do it, and I do believe they will start seeing that in 2024, and I do believe we'll start winning some of those back over.
1: I come back to, okay, so the last time I went to the show was summer, I guess it was summer 22. Was that the, was that the last summer show in Denver? Was that last summer? It last, uh, we had a
2: summer show this year in June in Salt Lake In Salt Lake. City. Lake. Yeah.
1: And then a year ago in 2022 20, was still in Denver. Denver. correct? Okay. And my takeaway from that, that show, and this is kind of what I want to get to about about the anchor brands and about the peop- things coming in. I, I and this is kind of what I probably when I started to get a little frustrated because it's just like just let the show be what it is, because my experience there was that it was probably more like the shows were in like the 80s because it was a lot of upstart brands. I'm making jokes about the 15 mosquito repellent brands because there was a lot of those kinds of brands there. But whatever. They, these are people who showing up. Right, I, and I do know the from a buyer point of view, talking to friends who have attended and just who I spoke to at that show, that you do get a good representation of, of big box buyers. You know the Bass Pros and the Dicks and those those guys all show at WalMarts there. Those things. So for those kinds of products, that's a huge opportunity, right? Of like if I could get into a big box kind of uh, retailer, you're gonna meet, make some meet uh, meet some folks there. And but then it was also like there was a 40 by 40 booth that was pool toys, and there was like you know it was very and now the. I'm pushing 50. I'm the Gen X outdoor guy. To me, that doesn't say outdoor industry or outdoors. But to my kids, you know, we used to use this phrase at Polar Tech. It's like, you know, anything outside for a younger generation, that's outdoor now. Right? I, you say outdoor to me, I go hiking, mountain biking, backpacking. You say outdoor to them, they're like, I'll go play spike ball at the beach. You know what I mean? Like, so right. So I was like, that, that. maybe this is just the way it is. Now, the thing that kind of drove this home for me was then, because you it was the first time I was able to really attend some of like the trend shows and the OIA breakouts because I was always in a booth before, so I got to go sit through all of those. And my take and this may have changed. This might be dated information because, again, this is over a year since I've been to the show. But my takeaway from that was, well, here I am sitting in an OIA breakout, and they're talking about hiking and backpacking and stand-up boarding. But upstairs on the show floor, it's pool toys and belt buckles and largely like not core outdoor stuff. So my takeaway is like, why not just let it be what it is? Like if this is one who wants to come and exhibit and like, this is kind of the new phase that we're going into in the outdoor industry and there are retailers to support that. Doesn't it make more sense just to be, this is the way it's going. Is it, is it worth the fight? Maybe is that kind of what I'm coming, coming back to.
2: Even if it's worth the fight, here's a great, it's a great discussion and it's, it absolutely draws me back to my days at Seaman and surf industry at the time Companies like so Nike SB booming skate they had taken over the shoe market. Every puffy tongue skateboard shoe you could not give them away. Skate shoe companies went out of business during this. A few survivors over, it, but a bunch of them lost everything. That's why ASR as the show shut down, it was because the skate industry, the bottom fell out of it, and they were too afraid to retract and do smaller booths. So they went to agenda. And it wasn't about agenda. It was about saving face and cool and core factor. You also had brands like Under Armour that decided to enter the market. We're now a surf brand. We're going to do board shorts. We're cool. We're surf. You, you got to let us in. The board debated heavily. Do we let them in? Is this really the surf industry? They shouldn't be members. They should be members. At the end of the day, there was this idea of circling the wagons to protect so much of what, the, what we that work in this industry and see it and hold so dear to us. That it was to the detriment of the industry still to this day because if everybody had been open and said hey look go to surf expo same with OR, look around how much of it is really hardcore surf it's called surf expo it's called outdoor retailer but there's other stuff here because you know what at the end of the day those retailers do need to buy that stuff because the, the people come in and go i need I need folding chairs, and not the big expensive ones that uh, you know. As an overlander, I'm going to take with me, or as a hiker, I need to fold up into the size of a wallet and be able to open up on a camping trip. And the 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 inflatables that get pulled behind a boat. Well, you know what? Th- that's still an important part of some of these people who are going out fishing, camping, hiking, towing the boat with them, and the kids want to get dragged around the lake. My point in saying all that is. To the detriment, this industry, just like the surf industry often says, why are we expected to foot the bill for everything? Like our brands, you said it yourself, us as a core industry, you take away the motorized stuff, Nike's bigger than we are in, in total to a certain degree. So you have to allow some of this other stuff to help. You want to keep booth prices down? Don't get too bent out of shape if a company with inflatables is there because it helps keep your booth prices in a place and actually helps you to be the more authentic brand on the floor there's a room there for it yes we do need to protect it i'm not saying to sell the show out please do not anybody misquote me saying i'm saying we should go out there and have you know tchotchke companies coming in selling just simply hey man you did have sketchers on research. the
1: side of the building last summer
2: That's you know right, okay. like
1: uh you know that was that was i got saw that picture and immediately
2: i was like whoa oh, this where is have we come <laughs> But they have an outdoor <laughs> division. You, so I know, at, at I the know. end of the they day, for it, so. <laughs> it is a balance of, they do, they do pay for it and it helps they pay for to it, underwrite the show and to make it more successful and to keep booth prices at a reasonable point. Yes, we need to protect the market. No question about that. We can't sell it out just so everybody can make a few extra bucks and the show's cheaper. Not about that. We do need to protect it. But there is a time when you have to say, "Are we being so protective that it's to our own detriment that we no longer have a good national show?" Which is not.
1: I'm, 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 st- I'm doing the thing right there where I'm like, because again, I'm looking at Skechers right. going, "Yeah, fuck you, Skechers. What are you doing here? You don't belong here." My, again, my eighteen, my normal eighteen-year-old is be like, "Oh, cool, Skechers is here." Like she's not. Right. It, like that is. It is a old like the. The old skinny white guy on top of the mountain way of looking at it. Because, like, for most young people, that's just a shoe brand. And if you said, Hey, Skechers has outdoor specific shoes, they'd go, Oh, okay, cool. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? It's like, Well, is that just let it kind of, and if pool, pool Toys is outdoor? I mean, I get it. I understand why they would come to the show, but it just, that the, was the, it was the, the, the difference of like seeing, you know, the, the groups downstairs being like, let's talk about the, the, the category of hiking boots. I'm like, there's not a single hiking boot up on the, yeah, shore, yeah. the floor upstairs. Yeah. It just
2: felt weird. And, the, and that, that, that's on us. Oh, we, we stopped getting footwear buyers coming to the show. When, when you as a show get focused on a number, you got to have 3000 buyers there. Great. You can get 3000 buyers. But out of those 3,000 buyers, if five are footwear buyers, to the footwear companies, they said, I didn't see 3,000 buyers, I saw five. So we have to operate in a ratio point of view. We have to treat this like a business, just like any other business, just like the retailers we sell to. If we've got 10 footwear companies, you better have 50 footwear buyers coming in, not two, not three. It's 50. It's five to one. So you have to figure out that ratio and operate accordingly and say, we're not just after three thousand. We're after the right ratio. How many camp and hike companies we have? We need that many retailers to make it worth their while and give them a the return on their investment. That's the business so, side of this. So, two, one other thing,
1: just back to you, you were talking about, you know, the buyer program for retailers. Another thing that you and I have announced for twenty twenty four to, uh, it, you know, kind of change things up for the show. And this is one I'm definitely a little. It was a little. I raised my eyebrows because I sat in the seat. Was an expanded sourcing area. And I'm curious of the rationale for that and the feedback you got, because as someone who worked for Polar Tech and went to the shows, I can't tell you a meeting we had at that show. And we, we were one of those big booths that we didn't need to be that big, but it was great. We, that was a great they were fun booths. Uh, but <laughs> I, 98% of our meetings were like, that's great. Hey, let's get together after the show. Right. And maybe we'd fulfill some swatches. Maybe, maybe you'd kind of like somebody would walk in and then it's like, there's a lead generator, maybe a little lead generation, but it always felt like it was a, man, we could do this with a table and a bunch of swatches. And so I'm curious, the feedback you guys have gotten that you thought that of the three things you're doing to kind of grow the show, expanding
2: sourcing was an important one. And it's not really expanding. We are actually you bring up the again i love the way you you frame and, and bring context to questions this is a great question we are not expanding sourcing we're giving it its own show and so to your point is part of the problem with sourcing is it's a great section we have great sourcing companies in there we have a great opportunity and if you guys saw the list of designers that come in i was blown away i mean you get Apple computers, Harley-Davidson's there. Um, I mean, it's not just your core outdoor. It extends beyond that. And anybody who makes things that need to survive in the outdoors, I mean, it could be Yamaha, Suzuki, and it's not about motorization. It's just about we make waterproof uh, or water-resistant or materials that wick and are warm, and we make polycarbonate lenses that are going to be hydrophobic, all those things that you need to see. That's there. But I don't think we've done a great job of marketing it because it's a third of the show. It's part of the overall show. And everybody thinks OR is the most important part. It's actually been growing. And we have done a disservice actually to Some of those companies, Duraflex, Polar Tech, all these companies YKK that are in there that are super. I don't work there anymore, so you you can do whatever you want. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to actually it's going to become its own show called Outdoor Design and Innovation ODI for short. So O R and then ODI will be co located with it. It'll have its own its own registration check in area and there'll be a gate. So this is also part of the problem. Some of the feedback we've gotten is. I've got a booth at OR, and at some point during the day, I'm bombarded by a ton of people coming trying to sell me on their materials, sell me on this, and I'm a sales and marketing guy. I'm not the designer or a product developer, and I don't have time for this, and the problem is they're coming over because of exactly what you said is I'm not seeing enough of the brands, designers, product developers here that I'm forced to go over there to generate my own business. So by giving it its own show, co-locating it, controlling the back and forth flow, if you're exhibiting or attending on OR, you can go on to that side, no problem. If you're exhibiting on that side, you're not going to just flow right over because we're going to then have an entire team dedicated to getting you designers, and product developers and reaching past just, you know, our own brands coming to see product. It needs to be everything for the outdoor, the cycling industry, snowmobile companies. I mean, you name it. That may not be exhibiting there, but want to see the materials, the trim, the the zippers, the you know the the polycarbonates and everything else that goes on over there. We need to give it focus, energy, marketing, and dollars to become a, a thriving place to do business for sourcing. So it. Re- Respectfully, is it that's
1: because it's a great idea, and I, I understand, and that's I think that's the correct solution to come to. However, is it too late? Like this week, <clears throat> functional fabric happened in Portland. You have performance days in Munich, yep. and those, by all accounts, are growing. And people, and those are very, those are tight. It's it's a little bit like they're limited size. You show up there, and you've got maybe there's a couple of brands who paid a little bit extra. They get a little bit extra room. Otherwise, it's like you get a nice small spot. And the the designers, and they all know to go. They don't have to deal with the riffraff. That's what you're saying. You want to have it separate. But now you're going to be competing against that. And if people already, those people have those things on their schedule. Just if you were at Functional Fabric this week in Portland, and now it's like, well, in two weeks, I got to go to OR. What's going to be different?
2: Yeah, I think what's going to be different is the Functional Fabric Fair says it in and of itself. We're going to be beyond that. I mean, our vision is we need to have carbon fiber companies there, I want want bike industry to be able to come and go, hey, I'm going to go look for some new materials. What's, What's the latest and greatest? I mean, in the cycling industry, just in terms of like what kits are made out of today, what the pros are riding in is nothing like what we see there. And I don't know if they're getting into that material and I'm sure they see it and hear about it and so forth. And it's too expensive to bring it to come in. But eventually, it's not going to be. We've seen all that technology. Where is all the other stuff happening as well? And so I think that's where we tr- will try to make that, that mark in the industry is meeting with companies like whether Black Diamond, Trekking Poles. Who, what do you need to see? What's the latest and greatest? Where, where do you look for your materials? What can we bring to you so you don't have to travel overseas? And I think that's what we want to do is by having it co-located, that's, that will be the game changer for ODI versus a, the competitors. Well, you, you raise a point. Isn't that just a
1: sitting opportunity? It might be a little costly up front, but shouldn't, we, shouldn't you be looking at it, maybe you are, expanding what outdoor retailer is and who it is for? Back to almost the original question, right? Because why has overlanding being left out? Why is cycling being left out? Why is Hunt and Fish not part of outdoor retailer? You know, even SHOT Show... Which I, has grown by all accounts, but mostly because of municipalities and government agencies and things like that. But I've always thought that was interesting. Like, oh, why isn't this here? You know, like is this is this not outdoor? And is this these little bubbles? Is that an opportunity just to kind of welcome all that? I mean, cycling historic I mean, and we all we can have a whole separate podcast about cycling. You like oh, yeah. I alluded to some of the stuff earlier. It's like it's, it's its own weird wonky world. But if you hike, you bike. Right, if you do anything, you know what I mean. Like, so uh, you 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 worked in the surf industry for a long time. You define yourself as a mountain biker, right? So it's kind of like nobody just does
2: one thing. That's right. That's right. So overlanding is a big part of our show, and it's a growing part. Um, we own, we own Overland Expo, one of the best. I mean, it is the leading consumer show for overlanding without question. They're phenomenal, and we're partnered with them in terms of, we look at, we're coming out with a campaign, you'll see it at the winter show, uh, for those that are there, this this new campaign we're doing called We Are Outdoor. So outdoor retailers, it's, we're more than just outdoor retailer, we are outdoor, we are outdoor retailer, we're ODI, we're Overland Expo. So we've got this ability to reach the consumer, reach the, the retailer as a brand, and also to go out and find sourcing. So we we are gonna try and tell that entire story. I definitely, one of my main goals for this show is to try to get the bike industry to take a look at OR a little more closely. I've got some friends still out there in the industry, uh, Andrew over at Shimano, I'm coming for you as an example. Um, <laughs> but the bike industry has, has found a really unique sweet spot with Seattle Classic, there's no question. That's where they go to launch product. It's not a trade show. It's a consumer event. It has become the de facto trade show because everybody loves to be there. There's cycling going on around you. You can attend, participate. The industry. I did the industry cup for years as part of that, going as bike magazine, get to race against the guys at Jiro and and uh, specialized and Giant and all that. There is a place for that here at outdoor retail, and I do think that we're going to work hard to try and to get some of the bike companies to say this is a good place for us to be, especially those yeah, that just, want to I, make their way. Isn't
1: that a? Is, I mean, isn't that kind? Of, I've always thought of that as like you know everybody's trying how do we integrate consumers, and that's another conversation. I actually have, I have one okay. more topic I want to touch on, but I look at like Sea Otter, like why not integrate a trade portion of Sea Otter if you're the bike industry. Like, the consumers don't even need to know. Like, and I'm sure some trades- Don't give me that idea, right? Colin.
2: Like, you're stealing my business. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> well, maybe that, well, may, <laughs> hey, acquisition's easier than creation, right? So maybe <laughs> you guys should just, you know, how do you knock on the door and say, hey, <laughs> we can handle the trade part for you, you know? But but it's, you know, that's, to me, the, it going back to kind of my initial point of if everybody just really, at the end of the day and speaking in broad strokes, misses the gathering of the triad aspect of it, it's like, well, where's the integration points? And I guess that kind of has a good way segue into the last thing I want to ask you about is, you know, we've had a few years of the big gear show now, yeah, uh, which, you know, has been pretty, you know, I know, I know Kendry, Kenji, I know those yeah. guys, I, you know, just from being in the industry for so long, I think they've been pretty obvious that they're trying to provide what they feel like they weren't getting from outdoor retailers. Sure. That's probably the nicest way of saying it. That's fair. What is, what is your opinion on the big gear show? Has that been helpful, hurtful, a non-factor?
2: um i mean look at the end of the day and any competition out there is actually and and they are a competitor of sorts i don't get into that kind of stuff too bad i mean i i do hope they succeed to be honest with you because i i think competition breeds success competition breeds innovation competition breeds you know i'm old too so uh, i'm in my 50s so you remember the old uh um rental car campaign we're Avis so we try we're number 2 so we try harder that was Avis's whole campaign it was we're number 2 so we try harder what a brill- one of the best campaigns in the world they admitted we're not the best in the industry but because we're not we're trying harder than everybody else and so i think there's something to be said when there is competition out there that drives you to put your best foot forward and i think we got caught in that a little bit where you are the biggest and the best and we're untouchable Nobody's untouchable. You always have to be striving to be the best out there.
1: All right. So last question for you. You look at a 2024. Where are we a year from today, right? You know, if if things are successful.
2: The way we measure success as a trade show company, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Is we have something called NPS score. It's a net promoter score. And you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. This is starting to go off the rails. Thanks for joining everybody. Uh, Let's, uh... (laughs) But... I say that only to tell you what the context of an NPS score is. Did you do your job right? Did the exhibitors like it? And did the attendees like it? Did they find it was helpful? Did they do business? At the end of the day, the only way we can measure success, I can sit here and tell you, well, we had more exhibitors next year. So what? What does that mean? Did every, was everybody happy? That's what you're going to wonder. Was it worthwhile? Was it valid? Well, how do I measure valid? Well, how do I measure value? We had more attendees there. That's fine, but did they, did they even buy anything? Or did they just walk around and with their thumb up their ass and wonder why I even came? So at the end of the day, you wanna know, was it successful? The way we measure that is, and I believe it's actually a really valid way of measuring it is, is from our surveys. Did we do the job we set out to do? Was this helpful to you? Did you find this to be better than last year, the same or worse? And it's not that simple. But that score at the end of the day, I want our attendees to say that was great. That was an improvement. I love where this is headed. I'm so glad I came, and I want our exhibitors to say that's just what I needed. I wrote business, or I I reaffirmed some strong relationships, or I stood on the top of the mountain and thumped my chest a little bit as the you know King Kong at the top of the Empire State Building. I felt like a leader there today, and I felt like our brand was looked at because we activated and, and retailers wanted to be biased. That is how we're going to measure success. And I know it sounds cold, calculated, non as cool, but there's no other way to measure success than if somebody says after the fact, great job, and it's got to be across an average, because as you said, we're never going to make everybody happy. Not everybody's going to leave the winter show thrilled and in perfect scores. It's not going to happen did we make did our bell curve change did it get higher or are we still flat we have to change that response where the majority of people are coming away saying great job i cannot wait to see what we're going to see next year biggest measure of success will be are you coming back next year likely so you know maybe likely so definitely definitely coming back click that is that our highest score is that where it the trend of that is on that side. That's going to be a success in twenty twenty four. Did we make both sides of the aisle happen?
1: I can tell you what to do. I've been telling. I've been saying this for years. You just need to have some someone sponsor a real party like we used to have back in the day, and recreate the port-a-call. Did you ever go to the Salt sh- oh, yeah. like when the port? Yeah. Okay. Recreate the portal, Get like three of the bands. Get like the Boston's, the Black Eyed Peas, yeah. and I don't know, the like Cracker or somebody. Get them to play. <laughs> And be like, throwback, baby. We're going
2: to go into the Court of Calls back. It's so funny because Surf Expo has their own version of that for those that uh, go to Surf Expo as well with Gunner Down, which was an 80s hair metal cover band, and that was where everybody went. And when they retired, because those guys were old when I was going, and yeah. when I was young and going, and they were still playing probably about four years ago, and they've since retired. And a lot of people said, what do we do now? Where do we collect your locks? You don't have... So to your point, though, and you do bring up a great point, as this grows back again, those things need to happen. As I was telling Lisa, our our content and communications director, is if we do the business part of it right, the community follows, the parties follow, the epic dinners follow, the after night, you know, the late nights at the lobby bar. That comes when you do, when people leave the floor going, I felt good today. You're going to go out and do that.
1: The, that's the positive side. My thing at the beginning about basically, I felt to me the FOMO kind of kept the outdoor retailer doing what it was doing for a long time. It's like you gotta be there. Yeah. There's there's, there's also nothing wrong with some of that either, right? It's like that's well right. you gotta be there.
2: That's true. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, like and you gotta go. <laughs> that's what we believe will bring back some of these anchor brands, these 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 you know heritage brands that have been there for a long time. Is the idea that okay now we're hearing that we really need to be there. We're now missing out the smaller medium-sized brands are starting to take our market share because they're showing up and the independent retailers are going, oh, I'm so thankful you're here. I need product and um, I'm having a good year. so I need to sell stuff. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with you that that FOMO comes from the, doing business on the floor and then all the activity outside that always happens, especially when things feel good on the show floor, you want an epic party. If it's rough day on the show floor, Less people go to the party, they go drown their sorrows just as their team because they don't want to be out there being you know, the ones that are bringing everybody else down. Those days will return, even if it's not 300,000 square feet again. Those days will return. It's a natural part of who we are. We're tribal. We love to get together. We love to throw down and, and, and hang out afterwards and cause a little trouble. It's a natural part of it. It's just we got to get everybody feeling good at, at the end of each day, and I know we can get there. All right. Well,
1: Sean Smith, thanks so much for coming on. Good luck. You know, for all my criticisms it's because like I said, I'm rooting for outdoor retailer. It's an important part of my career in history. Uh, I have a lot of friends. I probably, I kind of just assumed I would not ever see again because we don't go to OR twice a year anymore. So, Hey, looking forward to the days when, you know, I get to reconnect with those folks for sure. Hopefully it works out and it works out for you guys. Good luck with everything going forward.
2: Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Again, thanks for having me on. And hopefully i have me back. And um, I probably only need about six stitches from what rocks you've been throwing, so I feel pretty good about it. Today. It's been a good we <laughs> Well come yeah, come on in a month. Let me know how it went. <laughs>
0: exactly. <That'll be>
2: good. <laughs> thanks, Sean. All right, thanks, Colin.
0: All right, that's it for today. Send your feedback regarding outdoor retailer or anything else outdoor related to myrockfight at gmail.com. And before you turn off my raspy voice, click follow wherever you are listening and leave us a five-star rating. Big thanks to my guest, Sean Smith, for coming on. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is Krista Makes with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters.